from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show. We are the podcast, the show, the everything they play in heaven. I'm joined once again by my brother, Nelson. Nelson, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Harry. That was that was smooth. That was a really good save by you there. I don't know what you're talking about. Never messed anything up there at all. Um, look, we uh, we apologise. We didn't have a pod last week, but after two the week before, we just thought maybe you'd be sick of us. So that's the reason, and it's definitely not because we couldn't get our shit together. Um, guys, we are on YouTube, uh, every social media platform. Please like, share, Give us some subscriptions. I think it's been a while since we've had any likes. You know, we just zero likes always. So if we could get a five-star review, then uh, much appreciated. It's going to make a big difference. Nelson's got his own graphics up on YouTube now. You can see uh, Penny Rabbi's words of wisdom from the Reds training. So very good to see that there. Let's uh, let's get into the games, Nelson, from round four. Why don't you get us started? Uh, we started off with the Hurricanes versus our boys, uh, the Waratahs. The Hurricanes taking this 24-17. Kenny Naholo uh, scoring two tries on debut, setting for us to see. Um, but there was a, an amazing matchup of wingers. We had Nadolo, Sevilla, Naholo, Nwanganitawasi, um, and there was a few tries in this. Uh, I, I was actually quite surprised with Nadolo. He's, he's a big boy. He's, he's getting on in age, but... He can still reach his toes to pick up a ball and, and uh, was fighting hard to, to get a try himself off a, off a kickoff. So really good to see that from him. But, yeah, sadly not going away with Tars. Yeah, I mean, we just we just were never really in it, let's be honest, as Tars fans. It was it was a good start, but uh, the Hurricanes just looked too big, too powerful. I thought Kinney looked nervous to start with, but, man, he really turned it on as the game went on. So another Naholo just lighting up the game. Um, the Chiefs versus the Rebels. The Chefs got it done 44 to 25. Early on, I thought the Rebels looked really, really promising. They they drew first blood. Um, they looked to really have the Chiefs number. And then uh, the Chiefs, you know, had to had obviously rested four all blacks or three all blacks. He ended up having Joshuane pull out late and DMAC push back onto the bench. But um they really did roll out a younger side and it looked like it was going to cost them. Um but the the uh the Chiefs machine did start rolling. I thought Amoni Narawa Narawa was in absolutely everything, and that was probably the return of Narawa, and uh, that should be his wing. His wing now, I would think, moving forward for the chefs. And uh, once again, Shooter Stevenson just—he seems to have it on a string at the moment. Everything he touches, every ball he chases, the ball just pops up perfectly for him. He's in some vein of form. He is looking good, that's for sure. Um, following that, we had the Blues versus the Crusaders. What a matchup, uh, the final matchup of, of last year. Uh, the top two Kiwi teams, as you'd expect, it was the game of the round. Lester Fainganuku scoring a hat-trick himself. The, both sides here were going shot for shot early throughout this one until about the, I think it was the 31st minute mark when Lester Fainganuku scored his three in a row. Uh, a Jordan Lay yellow card helped push that. Uh, in the favour of the Crusaders, and they they managed to ground out a, a win with a few players missing. Um, you know, Harry, I, I think you were you were talking yourself about the the yellows were costly and a, and a few injuries as well for the the Blues. 
Yeah, I mean, they obviously lost two props in the first quarter of the game. So then you get one yellow card to a prop, which is not, uh, you know, it, it, it happens pretty often, to be honest. It was for a cynical one. So maybe Jordan Lane needed to be a bit smarter there and not actually compete knowing the risk that was uh, that was going to happen if they did get a yellow card. But immediately the Crusaders took the scrum, which means the Blues had to lose an extra man, uncontested scrums. They went down to 13 men in that 10-minute period. You know, the Crusaders scored a try there, which was decisive. And I think that really cost them the match. And to be honest, it, it's one of those ones where it makes me really frustrated for that rule where you lose a man. I understand the reasoning. You know, you don't want teams to purposely fake injuries and go to uncontested scrums when they're getting pushed around. But this is one of those cases where it clearly wasn't what happened and disappointing to see them have to lose a man. And, yeah, definitely cost them. You, you also got to throw in the fact that, I mean, if, if they're ending up bringing in a hooker or a back rower, someone else to fill that prop spot uh, and the scrums aren't contested, it gives them other benefits around the field as well. So sadly, it's just the way it's it's got to happen in, in this day and age. Uh, the following match after this was the Brumbies taking it to Moana, 62-36. to 36. And, and this game was actually relatively tight for maybe 40, 50 minutes, 50 minutes or so before the Brumbies started to really put it together, break away. Um, but a, a try from a miracle, uh, his own miracle try from an intercept to start the game. I'm pretty sure it was, you know, very early. I don't know if it was, you know, a very, very quick. Them. But, yeah, the Brumbies just developed, you know, a, a bit more of a strategy and, and, you know, worked their way into this game throughout the 80 minutes. Um, and as as always, their rolling mall is always impressive. But Moana was pretty impressive too in that in that uh, field. Yeah, I don't know. You were having a big blow up that Rhymers kept stealing those rolling mall tries as well. So uh, fantasy footy days, no, you, you got the win anyway. So I don't know why you're complaining. But um, oh, yeah, did, did he, I'm sure that wasn't a plan. Did you did you hear him get uh, interviewed after the match? They said uh, it's normally the hooker scoring. Uh, why was it ending up being you? You got yourself too. And he goes, oh, we don't want to give away all our secrets. Basically meaning I'm a hog and I don't want to pass the ball back. I want to score the tries. Right. That's um, what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's, that. if, if that is a secret, though, a secret play, mate, all of a sudden all the fantasy managers holding Brumby's hookers are going to be uh, very, very nervous. It's not a secret play. It makes no sense absolutely <laughs> whatsoever. No so one's going to reach. Highlanders versus the Force. The Highlanders got up 43 to 35. A tight fought contest. The Highlanders lost a number of players in the warm up. Uh, Shannon Frisell doing his groin. I know Lenchairs, Connor Garden Bash both pulled pre game as well. They had four debutants and they still managed to win this game. The Force should have done better. This was a huge opportunity for them. The Highlanders have been belted each week so far in the competition and yet they managed to get it done 43 to 35. Really, it was a, you know, the Highlanders pulled away in the second half and the Force just kind of clawed it back late with a couple of late tries to really make it look closer than it probably was in the end. And, um, look, the biggest thing for me in this one is both teams' line defence was atrocious. It looked like if they got one quick ruck, the next play, there was no way the opposition was going to actually have the men in the defensive line to stop someone just running over, jogging over on an unders line. I think it's it's a red flag for those two teams against pretty much anyone else in the competition. Yeah, teams are just walking over. The last, last three minutes, there's three tries or something, and they were... They were pretty poor. <laughs> like there was nothing special about it. If they held the ball, they were going to score a try. 
Um, the final matchup of the round was the Reds taking it to the Ndrua 27-24. This was always going to be, uh, I think, a tough one for the Reds, but they didn't really put it together as well as you think they should. Um, they started really strong. They broke away early in the game. And then Drua scored three towards the back end of the match to to really bring this game back into a really quite t- tight finish um, with Esafar Marcy scoring in the 70th minute um, before it being converted to only be three points in it for the last 10 minutes. So that was threatening for them. And that the Ndrua always looked dangerous with ball in hand. So it was really on the line and they had a chance to to take the win, but the, the Reds managed to close it out. The yeah, other thing of this match, sorry? I was going to say, it's one of those ones where I'm just never a fan of a team that's getting pasted that comes back late. You know, it was the same for the Force and the Ndrua as well. Um, they just... they. It, you know, the other team switches off a little bit. It's not probably as competitive as what it should have been. The Reds let it slip. I thought they let it get away from them a little bit at the end there. Yeah, there was 33 penalties in this one, which is just poor quality as well. It was a, at times, I, I hate saying this about rugby matches, but at times it was a tough watch. Yeah, I, yeah, I was uh, I was prepping the uh, casualty ward at the time and I kept tuning out and it was just stop-start the whole time. I think there was something like 18 knock-ons or handling errors or something because it was just crazy. Anyway, let's it's push on. Fantasy Man of the Week, we've already mentioned him once. Amoni Narawa, he had 81 points, 105 metres, seven tackle busts, a line break, two offloads, a try assist, a try of his own, and made six of his six tackles. An absolute comeback for him. You know, a huge, huge game in the, the um, I guess, in the context of his season. Yeah, other notables, we had Fainga Nuku getting 77, Cam Roy guard going from strength to strength, 72. So 2-2 with 71. And finally, an Aussie on the board, Muirhead with 70. And, mate, i just got to say quickly, Roy Gard as well, he was the pick of the New Zealand Haas, probably the pick of the Haas of the competition this week. He dusted me in fantasy footy, but, man, he was so, so good. He, uh, I, I've, I've got high hopes for him after that game. He's, he's a talent, an absolute talent. They, they started him over Booth, and Booth, I think, is quite a good player. So they, they've got a lot of faith in him, and, he, and he's been looking good in that first month. For sure. Uh, the superstar of the week was Calavetti Revovo, who had 44 points of only 31 minutes. He was an absolute wrecking ball coming back and has a big selection, had eight for the Fijian and Drua there. And then the Captain Mud Award, none other than the Pool Boy, featuring again Harry. George the Pool Boy Pullman, got minus seven points and a uh, notable negative mention to Joe Sese, who has been on fire before this week. Calum, is it? No, that's uh, Luke. Uh, Jake, who is it? Which Boucher is it? Calum, the only one that's playing in this, isn't it? No, both of them are. Is it? Oh, no, it is Calum. It is Calum. I take it back. And uh, Calum Matangi and Tuttle, all minus three points. Sorry, my, my bad there. I'm getting them you know, confused. The, the biggest mistake you made, you, you read... You read George Pooman's name really wrong there. It's George Pooman. He looks poor. He's he's very tall. That's that's what he's got going for him at the moment. The pool boy, mate. It's definitely the pool boy. I like it, but he was geez, he was poop. Um, let's kick off, you know, with the matches coming in round five, Harry. Our main course. We're kicking off on Friday with Crusaders versus the Brumbies. Another cracker after the Crusaders' blues last week. 
Yeah, I mean, the Cru- the Brumbies are uh, in a good position here. We've got a few new injuries again to the Crusaders. You had Sebu Reese with an ankle injury that may cost him a few weeks, not confirmed 100% yet, but considering he hasn't had a week off, we think he'll be gone. And Lester Fanga Anuku as well has is nursing a rib injury. So who knows if he'll definitely have a week off, but uh, that one's tight there. And then Lenny Kittau missed last week with some calf tightness. So... I don't know that it was a tear. They haven't said that. Hopefully it means that he's back, though. And uh, returning as well, you got Alan Alatoa coming back from his concussion as well. Yeah, look, the, the Crusaders really, uh, they've had a bit of a funny start to the year, but they managed to eke out a win against their main Kiwi rivals, the Blues. They really showed some grit. They had no Havili. They had no Goodhue. They had no Will Jordan. You just mentioned a few uh, other injuries they had. Um, during the match with Reese and Fainga Nuku, but they they still really managed to stay in this one, fight tough, um, and, and earn a, a well fought win, I, I believe. And this was, um, yeah, it was it was a, it was a good win for them. So I, I think moving forward, if they can show more of that grit, you know that they're going to really be able to manage these tight matches and these you know solid oppositions. Whereas over the first few weeks, they were really starting to raise some questions. I thought. They um the, the big question for the Crusaders is if they're going to actually rest some of their backline stars here. They've still got uh, a fair few players. Sorry, not even not even rest. That if they have anyone fit. So I, at the moment, I've got Drummond, Richie, Richie Mose, Maka Springer on the left wing, McLeod Nenor. Uh, I should mention McLeod. I thought was exceptional last week. Uh, Milani Nanai I've got on the right wing if Fangor Nuku is out as well. And then Burke, I think, at fullback, probably will get himself a few more weeks there until uh, Will Jordan's back. Um, if Fangor Nuku is back, I'd say Nanai is the guy that will get dropped off that that team list. But, geez, it's a very different-looking Crusaders back one to what we're used to. It, the, the funny thing about the Crusaders, we've always said it in the past that they somehow managed to bring players into their setup and, and still look quite cohesive. It, ha- it hasn't been as clear as that, I, I think, in 2023. Um, but last weekend with a few of those changes, they, they still managed to have a really good side. I think we suspect Fang Nuku, there's a good chance that he may play. Um, and if he does, you know, they still have some s- serious threats around the paddock. Um, I think Burke looked pretty good at 15 for them as well. I know he's no hope. Um, He's no Will Jordan. I mean, he's not even a Havili in terms of what he can offer at, at 15, but he is a good player for them. It will be a tougher matchup in terms of they have, uh, they're coming up against a really solid forward pack, a side that knows how to be really threatening with their driving malls and the breakdown um, with their lineouts. So if they have, you know, a lot of question marks in their backs, as well as they're coming up against a really solid forward pack it might be a challenge for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always find fascinating with the Brumbies Crusaders games, the the rolling mall battle. Obviously, the Brumbies' main weapon is the rolling mall to score tries, and the Crusaders are just unparalleled with their rolling mall D as well. At one point, I remember we were talking about a few seasons in a row without them conceding a single rolling mall uh, a rolling will try so that's going to be a huge battle again and one that i can't really i can't wait to see how it actually unfolds maybe uh the trick play the rhymer rolling will try will come out again this week 
because I, I think they are going to need their absolute best if they're going to get through the Crusaders there. Um, and look, I, I think also the depth of their front row at the moment for the Brums is really making a huge difference as well. So I just name drop uh, Van Neck, I thought had a huge game last week as well. I think Blakey Shop has had a great start to the season with Allen back as well. Slips on the other on the other flank for the scrum. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big, big forward pack for 80 minutes. Yeah, let's not forget um Lonigan, Nos Lonigan coming back in, you'd assume to the starting role at Hooker for them. Surely uh, he doesn't seem like an aggressive man, but surely he's not going to let Rhymer keep taking the ball off him. He's he as soon as he came on um, in the back end of last week, you saw, saw him actually fighting for that ball. And once he absolutely had to dig his way in and rip the ball from Rhymer, and one thing about McInerney is he did not do that. He just went, okay, fine, I'll just push you and, and see if we can get over. So um, Rhymer, he's not scoring tries if not his score, if not his starting. The uh, the other really interesting point for me is it's been talked about a little bit is just how Larkham is using his nine and ten. You know, we were leaning into those cohesion stats as and cohesion chats as we always do, but they're really playing White and Alessio together. Uh, Ryan Lonigan and um, what's his name, Debrasini together as well. They come on as a unit as the front row comes on and off as a unit as well. So I, I think it's fascinating to see how that happens and. Pretty cool to see and unexpected, I would think, that Lonigan and Debrasini were a real difference maker when they came on last week. So interesting balance to see how they're going to go. It wouldn't actually surprise me if White and Lalesio come on at the 50 or 45-minute mark, so then that way they got their experience at the end of the game as well. Yeah, uh, that, that's an interesting thing that they've done over the first couple of weeks. I, I don't know if they're going to bring it back for certain matchups. But if it is something they'll do, it's probably a matchup, you know, against someone like the Crusaders with a few players missing, that it would really work for them in their favour. This matchup, it's going to be an interesting one. We've got Tool and Mew ahead. You've got 169 kilos of wingers against potentially playing Anuku if he's playing Fihaki, Springer, um, Nanai, which looks like it'd probably be at least 200 kilos up to 209 kilos in the combination of those wingers. You have a very different style of winger. You have bulky and physical versus small, quick and agile. Um, I, I think over the last, you know, since the 2019 World Cup, we've seen a bit of an emergence of the the small, nippy, fast winger. Um, and this will be a matchup, you know, to see if if they can get one over the big boys. Yeah, I think they're just going to have to get off their line, right, and make sure they pressure them before they can get ahead of steam up. Because if Fanger Anuku is getting ahead of steam up, but I don't care how good at defending you are, you know, you're not taking him down, and you're definitely not holding his arms for the offload as well. Yeah, not a chance. Uh, how I do you like, see this? Um, I reckon I'm going to go Brumbies in this one. I'm going to go the Brumbies to win this. Where is this? Is this in Australia? It's in New Zealand. Wow, that's going to be a huge upset. Brumbies to win by three points. Jeez, that was exactly what I'm going to. I was going to say. I'm going to say it's going to be tighter than that. You're you're going way over. The Brumbies are going to win this by two points, and we're both picking the Crusaders to lose in New Zealand. Yeah, I can tell you the line is eleven and a half point start to the Brumbies. So but no I one else agrees with that. us. I mean, but they have been very wrong, right? There was an eight, ten and a half point line for the Indra last week. So you and I were both profiting off that as well. We, we've picked a few upsets as well in previous weeks. Back the Brumbies with the line. Don't necessarily back them to win, but back them with the line. Back, back the win. Okay. 
the Waratahs versus the Chefs. Um, this is a home game that you and I will be heading out to on Friday night as well. The Waratahs are going to be playing their under-20 side because they don't have any players left. New injuries in this one. You've got Charlie Gamble dislocated his or partially dislocated his shoulder on the weekend, so he'll be out for probably six weeks, four weeks. Lalakai Fakedi had a shoulder injury, didn't return at half time. Not sure how severe that is yet. Tane Edmed is off with a came off with a back injury, so we're not sure. Again, the severity it could easily be one that he's back, but uh, you know probably on the bench if anything. Masesi Tuapalotu, the reserve centre, had a Grade One MCL, so they're saying considering he has a they have a round seven by, he won't be back until round eight. Gleason, Langy Gleason may be out with a knee injury. Max Jorgensen still nursing that sore shoulder, may be out, but I'd say he'll probably play. And then the money Nandolo also nursing a knee injury came off with 20 to go. So he's at risk as well. Um, for the the Chiefs, the only one I think was Joshuana who missed the game with for personal reasons. So you would have to think that he's likely to be back in the fold for the 23 this week. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if McKenzie needs to have his rest week again, in which case maybe Joanna can get some game time. But I know there's some leniency apparently in the All Blacks rest weeks and maybe the fact that it was a late call-up and he played less than 10 minutes, maybe they'll count it anyway. Yeah, I have a bit of a gut feeling that they're going to count that as a rest week as well with Tokiaho on the bench and just go, yeah, no, they didn't start, they count, which is is a bit rough. But they did, um, say, they did say preseason that if you played one minute, it's not a rest week. Did they? Yeah, hundred percent. They there was black and white. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, the Waratahs have also got Parecki expected back from his infection. That's cost him two weeks. Jed Holloway, congratulations! I believe are in order. He had a baby, or his missus had a baby rather last week, so he had the week off as part of his uh, Wallabies rest week. Will Harrison's touch and go, I think, for his toe injury. So it would be a big in for them if they can get him at fullback, and maybe we'll decide if Jorgo has to play. Peach is back with his uh, quad tear, they expect, and Joey Walton as well, finally getting a start back when they uh, they need him at the moment, I think, with the damage that they've done in their centres. He's the perfect inside centre just to slide straight in, I would think. And on the Chiefs' side, you've got Brady Weber, Sam Kane, Brady Retallick, all coming back from their rest weeks as well. Have we seen if Holloway's had a, a boy or a girl? Uh, I think they're letting the baby decide when it turns 18. Oh. Topical. Um, no, no, no. I should say I made that up. <laughs> definitely. Um, it's just it's a matter for national interest. So I, I was just wondering. Well, um, man, these days it doesn't matter. We're putting them in the Wallabies or the Wallaroos. I'm fine with it either way. That's true. That is that is true. But look, yeah, the the Waratahs are once again the underdog. Something they're used to after last year, and you know hasn't worked in favour of them. The start of the year not being underdogs, so they're back. They're well and truly underdogs. Um, but the difference is things aren't clicking for them this year. So it's it's a bit deeper than if they're underdogs or not. Um, we I know I liked seeing Jorgensen at 15. The amount of talk on social media saying, don't do it to this poor young bloke, you know, like it's Windy Wellington, don't, don't push this guy to 15. They didn't want to give this guy a chance there. Fair enough, but, geez, he stepped up. He's tried that he got and put that ball down, and he, he played well in difficult uh, situation. I, I I think there's a very good chance we see him at 15 again this week. Yeah, look, I, I thought he injured his shoulder in that dive. His shoulder or his wrist, he was holding it the entire first half. Like he, at one point he made a break 
And rather than give the easy right to left, he took his left hand off the ball and just kind of lobbed the ball with his right because he was clearly so uncomfortable. So I think he's definitely nursing an injury there. So I, I think that's the biggest question mark over it. But I also think he was a little bit lucky. He didn't really get tested under the high ball, which surprised me. I thought that was a tactical mm-hmm. error from the Hurricanes yeah. as well. Yeah, and surely you go high ball with the pressure, young young 15 with that wind swirling around. But Geez, you could kick to the left side of the field and would have ended up out on the right. So I think maybe that was something they were a little bit nervous about as well. Um, we, we t- I think, did you touch on maybe we get Will Harrison back? Where do we think he is? Because if he is back, he has got to be on the bench and he has to be an option for 15. I know we're questioning whether Edmund's back, uh, who's going to fill that 12 jersey. But if Will Harrison is back, we need to see him playing because... He he's trialed, hasn't he? Yeah, no, he's sorry, he's played for the Waratahs um development team. Yeah, he played a, a couple of weeks ago and he injured his toe and he was meant to be out for one to three weeks. So he missed last week. And then I think it's this week or next week he's got a touch and go at the moment. He's back. Let's just count him back. Um, we need him severely in this lineup. And, and Nadolo did really, really well um I think for his role last week, but he is still very large and very old. I, I suspect he's going to be asking for a rest, man. I don't, I don't think they're going to need to drop him. I think he's going to ask for a week off. I, I think you're right. So hopefully we see Peach coming into that wing there. The yeah. other question, Mark, I think is who plays 12, Harry? Do, do they shift Edmund in if he is available to play 12? Something we've spitballed as a, a 10-12 Dono Edmund could work or, or do they rush Joey Walton after missing such a long period of time back into that starting side, because if Fiketti's gone, Tuapoloto looked looked promising, but he's gone as well. Yeah, I think it just depends about Will Harrison. I think if Will Harrison starts at fullback, then probably Tane Edmed's out of the squad. And uh, if he's not starting or if he's on the bench, then I think they'll probably start with Edmed at 12 and use the dual playmaker that way. Like you said, Walton just so short on game time over the last few years. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, there, there's going to be a big key battle, I think, in the breakdown between these two sides. Kane and Hooper, you know, real leaders, uh, very, very good open sides, but neither, I'd say, on on fine form. Um, the the Tars have really bulked up in the preseason before they realised the game this year was more about speed than bulk. So it hasn't really worked for them. Um, but they're going to really have to work hard and improve their speed to the breakdown. They need a slow down fastball from the Chiefs. Good thing if DMAC is missing, but geez, there are some threats around the paddock um, for the Chiefs. But how, how do you think this back row shapes up for the Tars? What are our options? I I, I think, well, you're going to have Holloway, and uh, I, I wouldn't mind if Gleason is out if they went Holloway and tell any Sue at locks. Shift out again to six and then go Hooper and Harris as the, the six, seven, eight. But it wouldn't surprise me if Hannigan stays in lock and they play, play Swinton and Harris. They they do seem to have a preference of picking Swinton at the moment whenever he's fit and available. Yeah, he just hasn't necessarily brought what we thought he would, but um it's it's a tough choice between those two. But I I'd be leaning towards Hannigan at back row unless they're really worried about that disrupting, you know, the role that he's playing. I don't see that. Um, I, I worry about going all your big players in Swinton and Harris and not having the versatility or the the, um, the agility to keep up with the Chiefs, to be honest. They, they need the speed around the paddock. 
hundred percent don't need this to be the round the paddock. I, I love Swinton, but between him and Harris, I, I think there's something missing there. And geez, I, I love Harris as well, but he has lost that battle with Gleason significantly at the moment for me because his work rate isn't there. Uh, he's bulked up. We were excited by that. Um, but we know his work rate wasn't as high as we kind of expected last year as well. So I really hope he takes this chance to to step up in, into that number eight role and and takes you know takes this game by by the horns. Yeah. Um, the uh, with McMillan, I think he was talking about potentially just rotating his Clayton McMillan rotating his squad a little bit because he he mentioned that there is a bit of tiredness uh, in the side. So, obviously, yeah. Takahara was off the bench, so we would think that he'll be back starting this week. They'll bring a lot of their All Blacks back as well. But uh, still some question marks over how they actually run their entire team out. Nankerville, uh, Jacobson's had a couple of big weeks. Uh, Peter Gus has had a few rests, and so maybe not as much for him. But there's there's definitely a few players there that are still due a rest, and I think they'll fancy themselves enough to keep trying to rotate the squad around. Yeah, I mean, they, they rotated a fair bit against the Rebels, and although the Rebels have been looking solid, they still managed to get that win. I, I think, realistically, the Tars look like less of a threat um, than than the Rebels at the moment. But, yeah, if we see Retallick come in, Kane come in, Weber come in, um, I think that's some significant improvements for them as well. Depending on what happens with DMAC, the outside or the back three of Narrower, who's finally found some... You know, probably found himself on that wing in some really good form. Nana Saturo, Shooter Stevenson at fullback. That is a really scary back three. So as a Waratahs fan, I hope D-Mac is not available and he's been forced to have a rest week because not only is he dynamic, he, he's thrown some beautiful cutouts and, and wide balls to, to access these guys in space. So I'm really hoping that they're missing a couple of players. I mean, even if they put Joshua in at 10, mate, just the last, you know, if I, as a Waratahs fan, I'm just praying they play Gatland at 10. It's our only yeah. hope at the moment. Yeah, geez, I, I think you're fair. Um, look, the Chiefs set piece, it's, it's been a real weapon um, for them. Maybe not so much in that, that first matchup against the Crusaders. Um, but I, I think the Tars, with the changes that we've seen, especially in the top five, but now as well, throwing in the back row, Throughout this first month of Super Rugby, it's going to be a real challenge for them. HJH back in at that, you know, tight head prop role really helps. Um, I think Lambert's very good, um, but he's no bell. Um, you know, there's question marks around the second row and what that's going to look like. Uh, for me, I'm a little bit concerned about the Chiefs, uh, I think, ability to bring phases together, build um, tension against the Tars. And, and using that set piece as something to build off throughout this match. You're concerned as in you think they're going to look really dangerous? I think so. Yeah, I, I think they'll be able to you know, put phase after phase together and, and use their set piece as something to kind of push themselves up the field. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not really seeing any part of the game where the Waratahs can bully the Chiefs, which is probably the most worrying thing here. Um, the line, actually, Nels, tell me, I'll, I'll, uh, I won't give you any hints. What's your pick and by how many? As a really solid Waratahs fan, I'd love to be generous to the Waratahs and say the Chiefs are going to win by 12. 12, nice. All right. The line is 15. 
Um, I was thinking Chiefs by about 12 as well. I mean, I've gone Chiefs by 14. I think that a uh, couple of scores, it won't be too close, probably similar to what we saw against the Hurricanes last week for the Tars, another loss. And hopefully the crowd gets out there and actually tries to make something of it. We'll be there. Pushing on, oh, we will. You, you better believe it. Uh, Saturday, we have the Highlanders versus the Fijian and Drua. Uh, on the Highlanders, can talk, talking about injuries, how did I not segue that to the Highlanders? 19 injuries in their top squad in, by the end of last week's game. They had Shannon Frizzell go down with a groin injury. They had Fabian Holland go down with a hamstring injury. They had Macaleo, Andrew Macaleo, go down with concussion. And both Connor Garden Bashup and James Lynches pulled pregame. I know Lynches was a neck injury. Um, and he, there's some possibility of him coming back this week. Connor Garden Bashup, we haven't heard anything about. Meanwhile, the Andrua, we don't think there's any injuries, but the entire squad could be injured. They don't really tell us anything. Um, and returning, you've got both Josh Dixon from Illness and Perry Perry Chicken. Um, Parkinson uh, should be back as well. Are we sure on that? Like, can I, this is an article that's come out five hours ago, the Highlanders injury list. Vili Koroi, Marty Banks, Jonah Nareki, Marino Mikieli Tu'u, Scott Gregory, uh, it just says the weights, so just the weights. Yes. Uh, Will Tucker, Suala Ma'u, Freddie Burns, Josh Dixon still in there. Parry Parry Parkinson's still in there. Maybe they just have changed. Mosesi Darwai, Shannon Frazell, um, James Lenches, Andrew Macaleo, who they've written Macaleon, and Connor Garden Bashup. So, yeah, they, they might not be up to date with a couple of those, but, geez, that is a long list. Yeah, it's huge, and they're, and they're not up to date. Uh, both both players have been talked about already by the coach in the last 24 hours as a potential to return. But, yeah, it's never-ending, man. I, I feel bad as the Waratahs, but that's, it's atrocious. Yeah. Um, look, the, the questions that we were going to ask last week was, where is where is Rosie Cheeks now? He's injured. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? He's, he's not there. He's out with injury, so... Um, we we want to see him. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, we're always talking about Scott Gregory, right? Um, Scott Gregory uh, is someone that I think could really add a lot of punch to them, you know, and and a lot of options in the centre pairing. Josh Timu has been doing very well. Granted, he has been doing very well, but we don't like his face. So we want to see um, Thomas and Michael Jensen shifting out to 13, who I think adds a little bit more of that 13 channel, even though Timu has been doing well. Um, and we want to see Rosie Cheeks coming in. And sure, they've just got to buy, throw some money at Peter Ramonga Jensen and get the two brothers, the cohesion. Think about how well they play together. Their games complement each other as well. I can't That's believe I haven't done that yet. Throw the money at the guy because he ain't starting. All right. Um, on top of that, I thought Hunt was very good last week. I think he'll probably get the game for a few weeks now. Great to see him confident and running the ball. When he does actually attack the line, he looks very, very solid. The only change I can see in the back line might be Connor Garden Bashup if he's fit coming back into the starting side or the bench, but Bogato nah. looks good. Jenna Lowe, I think, is rated above him, but Bogato looks very good. So maybe Garden Bashup just with his versatility on the bench. Yeah, that's the way I see it going. Bogato is a big body, has looked promising when he's had the chance, um, and Lowe's not going. So um, the the one thing is, will we see Bogato under the high ball with crossfield kicks on the line? Um, maybe a good ploy against the the strong Fijian um, D because he is a, a big, tall guy. Um, I don't know. Have we seen any vertical leap from him? Have we, have we seen him doing the crossfield kicks? I know he's tall. 
Yeah, he, he picked up one during the weekend, maybe 40 metres out from the line, and he did it with absolute ease. Um, yeah. he, like you said, he's tall and he gets up high. So, And they rated him pre-season. They said that was his big point of difference and what they were excited to use him for. So Mitch Hunt's got a good short kicking game. I think when the uh, Indrua are bearing down on you, kicking the ball away is pretty inviting and Bogato could be the better fishery. So apparently he's 191 centimetres tall. But if you look at Ultimate Rugby, who is not looking great at the moment in terms of their form, apparently he's 179 centimetres. Wow. Well, he looks a lot bigger. I must say he looks a lot bigger on field. So who knows? Uh, The line, I think, is going to be a big one for this. The two teams are the worst in the comp. So Highlander's second last, 81.3% success rate, and the Andrua, 78.6% respectively. So uh, they're very, very low. Um, I think if Dixon and Perry Perry Chicken are back, that is going to be a massive turning point for them because obviously you don't want to kick the ball down the middle of the park to the Indrua. If you've got those two, those two defensive experience now locks, I think that means that you can kick the ball out, slow it down, play to the set piece, try and pressure their line out. When you know they're going to lose one in four, one in five as well, it's, uh, it's a pretty tempting tactic. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. If those two guys are back, it's going to be a real strength for them. Dixon and Perry Perry are definitely experienced in the the locks. They're they're a partnership that's worked a bit together. Um, When you look at Beckers and Holland, obviously there's a lot of inexperience there. Um, If we jump across to the Ndrua, look, we all know the Ndrua have threats all around the the paddock, but the the biggest thing for me is you look at how good Revovo was off the bench last week, and we've been seeing him coming in the last 20, coming in the last 30 for Vota. Um, why are we not seeing these guys together? Is it because Marcy's too good? Can we see Marcy maybe shift to a wing or Revovo shift to a wing um, and, and have all three of them on the paddock at once, Harry? Yeah, I think, I think that's what they did last week. I, I think they went, uh, Yosefa Marcy finished on the right wing, Vodder and Revovo were all on the field at once. They set up Marcy's try, Murphy's try, they were they were all on there, Marcy's try, sorry. Um, so I, I think that's the way it'll go. I, th- I think Revovo at 12, Vodder 13 and Marcy on one wing. They're just, they're all electric. They're, they're the guys making all the punch. Um, I, I had high hopes for Rubber Tomato. I thought he looked really good in the first game, but those three are the standouts in the backs, and I think you just have to put all of them on the park every single week. Great. Definitely agree. And also, what do they see in Thariki and Devetta, Harry? Like, I, I get that he's getting pushed around to maybe fill some holes. He did similar for them last year, but they're, they're backing him a little bit this year. Hopefully, we're seeing uh, Rochus Salia come back into the locks. Uh, Thanaka Vata did quite well at number eight for them for his first start. Um, but also if Tamani is back, De- uh, Darren and Lange, the white shark, would shift to eight. So do we see Thariki and Devetta drop back to the bench, probably where he should be? Or do you think he just, he's just he got to start no matter what for them at the moment? Uh, I don't think he should start at all. You know, I, I had a big high hopes that he was going to actually pull it together this year. But, man, I don't see him making any impact on the field. He's a big body. But I think his work rate is low, and I don't think he's actually having much of an impact on the game. So, yeah, man, I, I would 100% go to Ratu Salea 
uh, in the locks to partner Nasilla Silla. And then I'm going Tamani and White Shark, or if Tamani's still not in, then I'm definitely going uh, Tanaka Vata as well. I thought he looked good. So that's your six and eight. And Kidiani Salawa, mate, you're not taking his jersey off him. He's too bloody good at the moment. He's exceptional, I should say, absolutely exceptional. Is there a chance? I know Mira Mira hasn't had a lot of opportunities because of how good Salah was doing. Maybe Mira Mira can come in, you know, in the back row as well. They suck at lineouts, so it's just stop targeting lineouts and have a a bigger guy there. I mean, freaking Devetta does not jump and is not great in the lineout. So there's an extra man that at least gives you something around the paddock. It, it's an opportunity. It's definitely a chance. You know, I think Mira Mira is a generally seen as a seven, but he's just a big, big seven. But he's been injured all season as well, right? He only came off the bench for the first time this week. And I think he was a late call-up when Joseba Tamani uh, went down injured. So he's obviously there or thereabouts, but it's a big elevation to go from a late coin to a 23 all the way to starting at six out of position as well. The props is probably the other question for the Indrua. They've had so many injuries there to start the year. Um, you and I were both hoping to see Amosi Takiri start last week. I think he ended up on the bench, and so did uh, Hone Korodua. Um, Those two guys have had some injury wobbles, but I think that um, they're probably their first two choices out of who we've seen fit. Obviously, you've still got the likes of Hetet and Yului Lekepa still to come back, but, you know, we, we really haven't heard a soul. Haven't heard a single word. We even reached out to the Indrua and just didn't hear anything back. Um, yeah, look, I, I like that you said injury wobbles. I think that was quite cute. Um, look, the the other big question for me is something that's been missing is is someone to direct this this team around the paddock, and I, I don't think Talia's uh, Teller is showing himself as the man for that role. Is there anyone that they can bring in to start there? Uh, I, I know they showed months, you know, gave him an opportunity or two at the start of the year. I don't know if he's out injured. Um, they've also brought in Emu um, Valentini. Valentini, yeah, he, he's had a couple of minutes and became a hero against. I the, think he's the guy, mate. He's got some goodwill right now. I think you got to give someone else a chance. Teddy Teller's just not doing it. Honestly, I, I agree. Teller is making lots of mistakes and losing them the ball rather than being a facilitator for the guys around him, which he's, he's there for, right? Like he can run the ball, but he's clearly meant to be. The facilitator. That's what you need from a Fijian 10. Uh, I mean, so, all you got to do is shovel the ball and you're going to look like a genius. Honestly, you don't have to do anything. Centers. With those centers, just pop it out to them yeah. or maybe occasionally cut out. But Imagine how many crisis you get just by passing. Like, don't have to do anything. Just pass the ball. Let Vodder, Revovo, Marcy just run onto it. And, mate, they're scoring tries. You'll have 10 tries by week five. I honestly, I think what they could do is put either one of Revovo, Vota, or Marcy at 10 and have the other two in centres. Just do it. You don't need to pass. Just throw it off the, the nine every time. Terrible, terrible idea. Um, look, at the. Uh, I, I think I mentioned in the, the previews, the Highlanders' line D was really bad against the Western Force. Like They just didn't seem interested at all in defending. And the Fijian and Drua have been scoring a lot of tries this year, particularly in their front row, by taking one-up hit-outs and just powering through the opposition. So 
I think I think there's a real opportunity there. I think I'd be putting my money on an Ikanavere first try scorer, maybe Takiri if he's starting as well. Those kind of guys, just those dynamic runners. There's there's definitely points on offer for the front row. So that's my other one. Yeah, it, it is really a leaky bucket for the Highlanders in terms of defence, and I don't know how they're going to plug those holes. So I expect this one to be a really high scoring match and throw on a couple multis of lots of try scorers from the Indurua. Uh, potentially from the Highlanders as well. Who who you got? Who are you covering? Or do you want me to go first? Nah, stuff it. I'll go. The Ndrua are going to get an upset here. Um, I just they've they've shown enough faith. I can't say what you're showing me in your phone. You picked them as well, have you? Yeah, I have. I have. The the lines eight points against them, and both you and I are backing them to beat the Highlanders. How good? Yeah. Yeah, and and we've picked some big ones recently. So look, the Ndrua I think can get a win here. Uh, there's going to be a few Fijians in the South Island as well turning up to watch this game. They always do. So the Ndrua to get an away win and keep that pain happening for the Highlanders. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to get five points for the Ndrua. Yeah, it's probably Bullbark. Uh, look, I'll, I'll say it's going to be something similar to that. I'll, I'll just round it out to a seven, converted try. All right. Moana versus the Hurricanes. Um, you've got... Oh, Aroni Sow. We did we didn't even mention Aroni Sow in the Fijian and Drua with his concussion as well. I don't know how that one slipped through the cracks. Oh, because he's not that good. Um <laughs> I, anyway. I, 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 huh? We'll we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moana versus the Hurricanes. So uh the only question mark for a player returning I had here was Sakopi Kepu. I think they originally said round three coming back from his Achilles rupture in September, but we just heard nothing at all from him. And he's pretty vocal, you know, he's out and about when he's close to playing. So I just worry that maybe he's a bit further back than what they originally planned with him. Yeah, you could be right there. Like he didn't seem like he was going too far away and it's definitely not perform that he's not there he's their captain and and they're really in need of some leadership at the moment so maybe something's not right in terms of of his progress coming back to the field yeah look I I think um Moana haven't really looked like winning a game yet I I I worry that this is not going to be their week either the Hurricanes are getting more and more confident particularly with Brett Cameron steering them around um, I, I originally wrote down, you know, what can the Moana Pacifica boys do to win this game? And I, all I wrote down was pray. So I don't think I'm being very, very helpful to them there. But individually, I think the players look really good. Pole and Miracle in, in particular in the uh, forward pack. I think the entire back line are fantastic. Uh, I really rate the entire back line in the bench as well. So I think they just need to make sure that they can get some level of parity at scrum time, first and foremost, not to get pushed around and lose that as an opportunity. And then they just need to actually work out how to act, to kind of get some grit about their defence. Like, they don't seem that interested in holding the opposition out. They've conceded a lot of points this year, 36 points against the Indrua, 52 against the Chiefs, 21 against the Force, who, you know, don't score a lot of points, and 62 against the Brumbies as well. It's... It's a very, very leaky defence. And I think Hurricanes have some strike power. Salisi Rayasi immediately comes to mind. They're going to need to really want to defend if they're going to have any opportunity here. Yeah, they've really seemed to struggle against well-structured sides. They've stayed in close with kind of loose teams, the Fijian Virua 
and I wouldn't call the force maybe very well structured at the moment, but the the Chiefs and the Brumbies really worked a way to tear them apart and, and open the game up towards the back end. And I, and I think that's going to be another concern for Moana. Can they turn up and, and yeah, sure, start strong, but can they stay in this match for, for 80 minutes? Because that's something we're, we're seeing lacking. And, I mean, we, we definitely saw last week. You know, they, they did start, you know, w- with a bit of fight and, and a bit of mongrel, but the, the Brumbies found their weaknesses and, and started to sort of tear them apart in that, that final, you know, 20, 30 in the game. Yeah, they just don't seem to be able to put 80 minutes together. Um, I mentioned Brett Cameron. We, uh, you know, there was some criticism with our group of mates saying that he was just shoveling the ball, but he looked a lot better last week. He looked more comfortable with the players around him. He was taking it to the line a little bit more. I think he'll continue to get more and more game time. Uh, I was impressed. He was a lot better than I expected. Yeah, look, I, I know we had some faith maybe at the start of the season that he could get a bit of a crack for them. Uh, he's got some experience. He is a good player, and, and it's just about probably getting time with the players around him. He hasn't really played with a lot of these guys, so they've given him a chance now, and I hope they persist with him and, and let him build into this season a little bit. Um, uh, he he started to show that he can beat a few defenders. He was relatively solid with his assist and, and putting other players in in positions around the paddock as well. Um, but he isn't looking too solid in D. Not that there's huge threats if you're looking at Lilia Fano running at him, but if he's got Almua running at him, maybe that's a that's a weakness for them. Just run him away at him all day. I think that's a weakness for everyone, to be honest. Um yeah. Artie Zavia been impressive since being back from his uh his one game ban. Oh, Peter Lackey, I think, is slowly growing into the competition. I think the big issue for the Canes at the moment, though, is their discipline. They've had three yellows and a red card so far. Um, is this just writing on the wall for Karifi? Does he still get the bad rap here? Is that how they get their uh, their cards down? Or is he a new man? He, he looks like a new man, to be honest. Look, I, I think over time he's going to mature and he, and he looks like maybe he is maturing, although I think he's already been carded this year. But that, that was off a team, tro- a team penalty uh, from memory. Yeah, they they're clearly showing that he is their seven. They're not shifting Surveyor into that seven role. They had EOC on the bench. I'm pretty sure last week as well. So they're not necessarily showing that they've got a man to take the role off him. Um, you know, on, on the bench either. So I, I think they persist with him. And but I mean, if there's a week you're going to give someone a crack to come in and shove Surveyor into seven, it's not a bad week to do it against Moana. Yeah, I think they will rest a few players. Um, I'm just looking. They have the Western Force next week as well, so they 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 can kind of share around their rests a little bit, I think, and make sure that they don't deplete their team too much. I could see them resting one of Coles and Amua each of the next two weeks. I think Geordie yeah. Barrett needs a rest. I think it'll be one of those two weeks as well. Maybe that's the opportunity opportunity to get uh, Braden Sullivan back into the side. Um, after he made his comeback last week. Tyrell Lomax needs a rest as well. Balen Sullivan, though, man, he's the, the guy I want to talk about. He was so good last year, hard run of the ball, good short-kicking game, facilitated the players outside of him who are so deadly as well. I, I hope that we get to see him start this week. I hope you're right. I, I think the other options are Peter Amonga Jensen and Riley Higgins. I, I don't know if they're both fit and healthy, but really, Balen Sullivan, get the man on the paddock. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know he's behind the brother of the best centre in the world, Billy Proctor, but um, it's it, he's got to start, surely. The other one is Kenny, Kenny oh, Naholo, yeah. mate. I think, you know, I was very critical of him in our chats in the first 30, 30 minutes. I think I said, how does someone score so many points and look so bad doing it? But, geez, he turned around. I love I love when you fire up a player with uh, some banter that they never even hear. He turned around and looked fantastic as the game went on. And I think maybe the bus, due for a rest. So maybe you give him a week off and Kinney partners uh, partners the, the back three of Morby and uh, who's the other one I said, Ray Arcee. Yeah, look, I, I personally think Surveyor's having a rest every week on the field. So I I think it's time that he, he takes a sit down on the, the bench or out, out of the side for, for the week. But I, I think it's a really good call. I think Kenny Naholo shifts to that right wing with Ray Arcee coming back in. And, and Barrett, surely, five weeks in a row, this is the week you want to rest Barrett, um, bring him back in next week. Uh, for, for me, that makes sense. You bring in Valen Sullivan. So we, we should see some chances here. If you're low in the um, in, in your draft, Harry, like yourself, that you might be able to pick up. How low are you out of eight again? Uh, I don't know, man. I haven't checked this week. I haven't checked. I think it's below seven. I think it's definitely below seven. Um, yeah, so be, there might be someone you can pick up this week. Yeah. Uh, and the result, mate, Moana versus the Hurricanes, what do you got? The Hurricanes are going to win this in a landslide. Uh, I'm going to say they're going to win it by... Tossing up between 28 and 32, so I'll say 30. Wow. <laughs> 30 <laughs> I went 18 for the Hurricanes. I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. big. Uh, On Sunday, we got two more games. You got Rebels versus the Reds. You got Rebels out. You got Reese Hodge fractured his finger, came through the skin apparently, as did the tendons, uh, has gone for an operation. Uh, I, I think a finger operation's like four weeks, maybe six absolute max. Like, it will be back pretty fast, yeah. I mean, you're showing us your hands, but your hands are made of, like, putty. They're, they're an absolute joke. Um, there's something seriously wrong with your genetics. Um, also, on the red side, you got Pattaya was pulled pre-match, so we don't know if he's going to be back just yet either. Um Returning your Josh Cannon coming back from a concussion, Glenn Vihu and Joe Pink is apparently both in line to possibly fill in for Reese Hodge. Uh, we're still one week short of Andrew Kellaway, so he won't be back just yet. And for the Reds, Hunter Paisam, you would think, should be back from his concussion. And Josh Nasser, uh, we've mentioned him a couple of times, expected to be back from his shoulder recon. I think if he's not in the 23 this week, I'm just going to put it down to the fact that he's not being picked. But he was so good when he got his chances last year that I just can't see why that would happen yeah hopefully we see him work his way back in you were touching on if reese hodge is missing what do we see i know illy's been looking pretty good in that 12 jersey and actually really impressed us for a guy that we gave no credit to uh even after three good performances in a row so uh, but we're mate, we're willing to change when people beat the door down we're willing to change. we are willing we're not willing yet so he has to do it another 12 to 14 weeks before we're willing to say he's a good player, but he is, geez, he's doing pretty good. Um, so the, the options there are 
maybe with him feeling the 12 jersey, maybe we see Lucas Ripley coming out of 13. We saw him have a bit of a crack there last year. I don't know where red card Ray Nuu is. Um, is he, he around? Knee. Yeah, I think he did his knee in the, in the late in the preseason. I'm, they didn't really ever establish exactly what it was, but it sounded a lot like it might have been his ACL. So it wouldn't surprise me if you don't see him for the whole year. Okay. So, I mean, the, the chances really are Ripley at 13, or do we see Vaya who potentially come in at 12, shifting Ely out to 13, which he played a lot of there last year, but he's playing well. So I don't know how much you want to shift him around. Yeah, and uh, I just want to talk about Hardwick again because his form is just outrageous. He had another crack up. What's our nickname for him? Uh, don't can't remember. Um, you you can have a think and put it up in the podcast live if you like. But but he he just goes from strength to strength. Again, we said we're willing to to change our opinion. Ever since he's taken himself off the eligibility for Australia, he has been exceptional. So he's probably the form back rower in Australia at the moment. Um, I've got to say though, I thought that uh, El Capitan, his his partner last week was very very good in in um, Brad Wilkin as well, who had a few penalties himself, a few turnovers himself. But man, Hardwick's form has been sensational, and I think he's going to really compete with uh, Will Har- uh, Harry Wilson, I should say. Yeah, look, you you said um, we're willing to change opinion on him, and you've torn me apart for years when I've said. Hardwick's a good player. So he wasn't. I didn't he think... was not. For all those years, he was not. You're wrong. Just because he has become a good player does not mean he was always good. You don't have the vision. We. It's understandable. Don't worry. Um, yeah, look, Hardwick, I don't know if he's grown six inches taller and chucked on 20 kilos because that is seriously how he is playing. It is. I really wish he was still eligible for the Wallabies with how he's playing because if he can keep this up for much longer... He'd be very hard to argue with not being in the squad covering, you know, eight, but also seven. And, you know, if he's as tall as he looks, maybe he could cover locks. He could cover the props with how chunky he's looking, cover everything in the front, forward, back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, An interesting one coming back to Canon. Over 200 centimetres, pairing Hosea, both relatively inexperienced, but very hardworking locks. I, I want to see this partnership develop while Philip is is missing because these two players are very promising and, and big bodies and work hard around the paddock. Cannon was getting, you know, in the teens for tackles each week, you know, at the start of the year, and he's a big guy. So it, it's a really promising partnership for them, even though they're missing Philip. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think... Gordon is playing his way into a Wallaby squad right now. Carter Gordon has been fantastic every single week. I, I don't I didn't think he could do it against the Chiefs. He did. Um he just looks fantastic. I think Donaldson and Tane Edmonds' form has been pretty uh pretty disappointing. I think he's just got competition from I think Quaid and Jock. I think if he can if he can push one of those guys out, then I expect to see him in the World Cup squad. Because I think uh, Noah Alessio is going to be the ob- obvious kind of form option with the Brumbies players. They're going to make up the entire side. So it, you know it's not out of the question. You may see Carter Gordon as the third fly half in the team. He's playing that well. The the only concern for him is kicking. So he's got 33% for the year and and he isn't taking a lot of the opportunities. They're not showing faith in his kicking ability. But he is someone for me that we probably had so far down the the list of 
behind three Waratahs 10s. Not even kidding, behind three Waratahs 10s. You know, Lino at the start of the year started to look promising and instantly we put him above Gordon going, the guy's at the Rebels. He will not continue to do this. And he is seriously just building week in, week out in terms of his maturity. He is a dynamic, really raw style 10 that brings the ball to the line. He is very solid indeed. Um, you know, pretty. he made 11 tackles from 11 on the weekend. So a- against a solid side, he is really showing he can do everything but potentially kick at goals at the moment. So give the man the, the tee and let him start kicking because we know the Rebels aren't going to win the comp. Let this guy build some, you know, some some experience off the tee. The one change I want to see is uh, Juste. Juste. Uh, I just want to see him out of the side. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I think he's got he's got a big boot, so I could see that they kind of subbed him into the Reese Hodge role when he went off last week. But I'm I'm really hoping Pinkus is back and can get a 15 because I just really don't see him offer much. He made one good cover tackle and saved a try on the weekend, but really I think he's a space filler. I'm not I'm not sure he's really adding a lot to their game in attack or defense. I think he had, he had a couple of good runs on the weekend, but he, he really isn't the full package. Doesn't know how to run, mate. Busts. The blokes never run. He made a few tackle busts uh, and a few other little things, and he's he's relatively large. Uh, you can give his stats up if you if you want to to disprove me, but um, yeah, no, I think he's the man they need to change. I don't know if we've heard an update on Kellaway. Originally, he was saying he was hoping to be back for this week, but more than likely, he would be back next week. Yeah, around the six. Other, yeah. So he, there was an article about a week ago saying he was hoping to be back for this one, but expected to be back. Yeah, I think on the weekend they said he was expected around six. Okay. Yeah. Um, the red side of things, I for me it was just, you know, which Reds team is going to show up? Is it the Reds that turned up to play the Brumbies in the Western Force or is it the Reds that turned up to play the Fiji and Andrua and the Hurricanes? I think if they can get their mentality right, that'll be the biggest thing and, and go a long way to winning this game. I think they seem a little bit fragile at the moment. I think if the Rebels can open up a little bit of a lead, take some opportunistic points and get maybe 10 or 12 points ahead, I find it really hard to see the Reds coming back and winning that game. I think the Rebels could run away with it. But if they can keep it tight go late in the piece or even get a little bit of a lead themselves, I think they can put the game away. Yeah, look, it is a bit of a question for them. Um, And James O'Connor has shown glimpses of being very, very good. Obviously, we've seen Liner early on in the season look like a real controlling figure for that back line. Numerous changes in the centres. Do we see Paisami back after his concussion? Taj Anan was quite promising. He's quite big. I think he's like 191 centimetres or something, but he's a 10. He's a, he's a makeshift 12, and he, he did quite well there for them. Um, so if, if Paisami's back, I think that goes a long way to a bit more continuity in their back line, especially if Jock's playing 10. Um, if Pattaya's back, again, you know, lots more cohesion in this back line, and, and they should have that edge to, to take it to the Rebels for, for mine. And what's your pick for the outside backs? What do you want to see happen? Uh, look, in all honesty, if, if Pattaya's back, I want to see Pattaya at 15. Uh, I, I love um, Jock Campbell, but I, I want to see more time with Pattaya in the back. I know he was named on the wing before getting pulled last week, but personally, I would like to see Pattaya at 15. Jock Campbell maybe at, at, at wing, and he can come and cover across 
and that 15 channel as well. But I, I, I want to see more time for Pattaya there. Um, Dungunu has done really quite well through, throughout a lot of this, you know, start of this season. My my big question is, is this really it from Vunavalu? You know, we, we've seen moments of, of really solid performances throughout and, and real threat in the last couple of years. Since we saw him try to break away for a try and not trust his his hammy or something going on around there, we've barely seen the guy run. Uh, like, we didn't see him run last week. He scored a try but didn't have to do much. We didn't really see him leaping in the air. We haven't seen him looking for the ball. His work rate off the ball is far too poor for me to have him starting if Pataya is fit. So I, I'd definitely be seeing him on the bench. I think we're going to see Pataya back. The uh, hashtag at knows he did say when Pataya got pulled that it was for an ankle injury and that it wasn't expected to be more than one week. So I reckon we'll see him back, and I think you're right, Vunavalu, that means we'll be on the bench. I'm happy for him to not be on the bench too. I'm losing faith in the bloke. If he needs time to get his body right, to be confident, get time to get your body right because standing on the field and doing nothing is not building any confidence either. Um, What's your pick? I'll go first on this one, eh? Yeah, I'm going to say Reds. I I don't think it's going to be convincing. You go first this one then. Sorry? You go first this one then. Sorry, I thought you said I I should go first. I mean, I I always do. Um, Look, I I think the Reds uh, are going to be good enough to win this one. Um, If the Rebels start strong, like you said, and and they're playing well, they'll stay in this one. I I don't think it'll be necessarily a blowout like we saw against four. So I'm going to say Reds by eight. Right. I've only gone three points going down to Melbourne. Reds away from home. I, I think it'll be less than a score. I think it'll be very close. So, yeah, I've gone three. Fair enough. Last game of the year is the Blues versus the Force. Yeah. Of, yeah, well, of the Force's year. I think it'll be game over for them after this one. Um, <laughs> I had to save it some way. Um, new injuries, Alex Hodgman, um, straight in, straight out, dislocated shoulder, looked pretty bad. I don't think we'll see him for some time now. Um, James Lay off with a hamstring injury as well. Obviously, one of the other front rowers to go down early in the game. Falau for Inga R was pulled pre-game. We're not really sure why. Ryan McCauley as well was subbed late in the game for Faleti Kaitu'u. So I can only assume that that means it's an injury because you don't normally sub a hooker for a lock. Not exactly the same kind of profile of uh, body. And then returning, Afatu Ungafasi missed last week with a concussion. And um, we're thinking, if anything, maybe Fanga, considering he was coming back from a concussion, could have been like some symptoms arose in the day or something. That seems like the most likely thing. But who knows? If, and if that is the case, then, you know, you'd expect him back, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think for me that seems like they've gone, okay, maybe something's not right. Let's just pull him from this week. Kaito can still fill the impact role and we'll bring in Horton. About the thing with Horton as well, it's it's not outlandish for them to go, let's shift him to the back row and shift um, uh, one of their their sixes, who am I thinking, um, across into, into lock as well if they have any questions. But, yeah, uh, it, it seems a little bit odd um, with McCauley that, that getting pulled. It is, it is a little bit odd. But we're expecting potentially some rest weeks for the Blues, which is very helpful for the force. Um, maybe we have Christie, we've got Barrett, we've got Clark, we've got Roger, two of us, a Sheck, we've got Yuani, and maybe Pirafetta. 
are these guys that uh, are going to get rests because they have the Chiefs next week. So you're not going to rest these guys against the Chiefs. So maybe we're basically seeing an entire new back line. Um, except, no, yeah, pretty much an entire new back line with them. I mean, let's be honest, I've still got Mark Talia in there with that because he missed round three. So he's still got an entire back line. Yeah, that's yeah. an entire back line. That's about three tries. It's about 200 run metres. So, yeah, I think they'll be okay, to be honest. But, you know, we've got, if, if they do roll the dice and change that much, which I really think they will because I think they'll back themselves to win anyway, just like they did against the Tars late last year. Um, I think they'll go Fornaki at nine, Perifet at ten, Evans and Heem in the centres, which I'm, I'm excited to see Evans, so I do hope that's what they do. AJ Lamb, Mark Talaya on the wings and Zahn Sullivan at fullback. Um, they could play Plummer at 10, but I think he's still coming back from an injury, not 100% sure there. But I think Perra Franchise is probably the only one that you might see miss next week's game instead, and he can kind of steer the ship for the Blues this week and add the experience. Yeah, I think that's a really good shout. That's probably the back line I think we see. And, and Sullivan then gets couple runs in a row at fullback, um, something that, you know, he, he's deserved. He had some real good cracks there um, throughout last year as well. Um, but, yeah, look, Mark Talia has been absolutely untouchable. Um, no one in this foreside will be able to shut him down, is, is my opinion. Um, everyone talks about Hamish Stewart being a good defender. Well, if he can shut down Talia, I'll, I'll admit that he is a brilliant defender because – no one can shut this guy down. No, I don't, I don't think anyone can either. And, look, I don't think Amy Stewart's going to get the opportunity, to be honest. I'm more worried about him running at the back three. Um, my question marks are uh, Ricky Riccitelli at hooker. He's been the first choice so far seemingly all year. Is he rated above Kurt Eklund? I, I feel like he is. I just don't really know why. I I do not understand what's going on with Kurt Eklund. Kurt Eklund has been so good for them and one of their best players that is not getting All Blacks call-ups for the last couple of years. So all of a sudden, we, we like Riccitelli, don't get me wrong, but all of a sudden to, to drop him down without a you know a poor run of form or something else there, or maybe he's carrying a niggle or something's going on because it, it just seems really odd for me. We do like Riccitelli, but, geez, it, it's not, not right, I don't think. No. And then big source, he uh, got shifted back to the bench last week. Adrian Choate started, who's normally an open side, playing a blind side. I, surely big source, he goes back to six. Choate goes to seven. Papali maybe gets another rest, but I think he's already missed one. Yeah, I think he has had a rest. Uh, Choate, Choate's a relatively bigger body, seven, isn't he? Like if, if we look at what his stats were, we had we had Robinson starting uh, last week, did we not? Two weeks ago, we did, not, not last week. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting one to see who they think adds, you know, maybe more to, to what they want to want to see. I, I I don't reckon you rest properly again, to be honest. It, he hasn't he hasn't been rested. I just double-checked. I'm, I'm wrong. He's actually played all four. Okay. Well, there you go. Maybe maybe that's your answer for you. And, and we do see Choke go into um, seven. But, you know, he, he has played a lot at blindside for them as well, 190 centimetres, uh, 100 100 kilos. He, he doesn't, he's not big for a, for a six, but he's also, you know, a bigger body at seven. Yeah. Um, for the Western Force, I've got Falau Fanga hopefully back for them. I think he adds another element to their rolling mall. Um, I say that despite Horton scoring on the weekend from an, another rolling mall, but I just think that maybe this is going to be a bit harder to, of a game to do that. Um, 
Kaitu'u, I think he'll be above Horton. You know, the, I think you'd written down in the notes that are they seeing him as the impact hooker? I don't, I don't think so. I think he was coming back from a hammy injury and they probably didn't want to play him for 80 minutes, to be honest, or 60 minutes. So they're probably just trying to ease him back in. Um, big point for me, and this is a sore point. I was going to have a rant last week. If Manasa Mateelli is not starting, I think Simon Cron doesn't actually want to win games. Now, I fully understand that Mateoli has been a bit underdone this year, and I know he had an Achilles tendon overload type issue to start the season as well, but the man is a genius. Give him the ball. It's, it's, like, it's like the team play, like the tactics don't even actually revolve around getting the ball to him. It's ridiculous. He didn't have a single opportunity since he started with the ball in space. The, the funny thing is, I don't think he's a genius. I think he's just phenomenal with ball in hand. He's not the he's thing, he's a genius with ball in hands. It doesn't doesn't matter what's in front of him; he can run through him. But you know, the the funny thing is, like maybe we're seeing what we kind of are seeing from. Not that this is what I really think about them from Vunavalu this year, who's you know very very good with ball, but seems to not be there getting the ball. You know, like if Vunavalu was looking for the ball coming in the center and, and working hard, he'd be getting it. Whereas we've seen Matteelli do that last year and, and we didn't really see it from him in this first month. I don't know why he isn't looking for it. I don't know if it's, you know, tactics from the side and they've gone, we want you to stay in the wing. If, if so, Ron sucks as a coach. <laughs> like, you know, bring the guy in, let him, let him play loose. But, you know, maybe he is a little bit underdone and that's why he's ended up on the bench and maybe he isn't looking for the ball and it's not just on the team around him. But... I mean, if he's okay, you just give the guy the ball. It's not that complicated. Or you bring his brother in. He's got the same last name. Let him run around. That's true. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's got to be just as good. Uh, the other one for me was Gary Simpson. I thought he he looked pretty good, uh, except for one box kick where he snapped at it and looked pretty pretty rushed and pretty average and not exo- exactly what you'd expect from an English-style footy player. Uh, born in South Africa, Played for the Worcester Warriors and then had signed in Feb for a two-year deal with Saracens. They immediately sent him out on loan for the year for the Western Force and he'll link back up with them at the end of the year. Um, Did set up a couple of tries, but I've just got to ask the question, why the hell is he here? He's a project player for Saracens and instead we're now starting him at the Western Force. Like, he's the third-choice halfback. Develop someone else. We don't want this guy. He's leaving at the end of the year. It makes absolutely no sense from a development point of view for the Western Force. It's just, again, the hired gun tactics that they seem to like to revolve through. And, it you know, it just adds credibility to the fact that Simon Cron's losing it, mate. First Manasa Mateeli. Now there's some Gareth Simpson development player who's getting starting game time in a side that has two established halfbacks. I don't get it. Look, I, I don't think he, he's not a project player. He's 25 years old and he's been about for a while, but he's not the guy for them for the future in any way, shape, or form. I don't think Pryor is either. Yes, Pryor's been there for a long time and he's experienced. That's all well and good. But Isaac Fines, give this guy the starting jersey week in, week out. If you want to give um, Simpson a run, give him a run off the bench, you know, behind fines. Uh, make him earn it at least. Uh, there is some real questions for the force for me. Thrush was never the answer. Simpson is is not the answer unless you're just somehow looking for a one-week win, which makes 
little sense unless they really thought that the Highlanders, they they saw something from him that could get them that win. Um, it's odd. I'd, I'd be starting fines definitely above him. It, it is odd for me. He looked promising. He had a couple of try assists. That little shift to the left and then step back right and a little chip over the top that, that led to a try for <laughs> Kiribiji. Um, anyone that they can they can find from overseas, they're going to start, that sounds like, except for Matteoli at the moment. So, um, <laughs> yeah, big, big I, question, Mark. I, I really worry about what they're doing over there. The Melbourne Rebels have shown so much right about how to develop a team, try and get your pathways stronger, stick through it and try and bring your players through the development system. And the Western Force consider, continually act as a hired gun, bringing in these random players that aren't big names anywhere and then pick them above their own. Like, it's no wonder why they have so much turnover every week. I'm, I'm losing faith in the Western Force. That's all I can say. Tia Tia from New Zealand, Kiribiji from England. They brought in Kunsul, who was at Brumbies not long ago, but he's, he's filling roles. Stewart there, they brought in as a 10, playing 12. Boo, they brought in. Matele, they brought in. Hegarty, it's his first year there. Simpson's just come across on loan. Warren Vosay-Arthur, they brought in, who was at the Tars development squad a couple of weeks ago when they got Pew there. Callan, local boy, awesome. Well's been there for a couple of weeks, but... Jeez, that is – I was listing from 15 forward. I wasn't randomly picking players. And they're either first year, they're not going to be there long term, they're not building for the future. There is question marks because if they're not building for the future, they're not winning now, what are they doing? I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm worried. I think Simon Cron's got a big job ahead of him. I don't think he realised how big the job is. I think he thought he could come in here and motivate the boys and put them together, but that's not what this is. I think they're in big trouble. Yeah, this is building for the future. This is building the Dolphins in the NRL, mate. You're you're starting from scratch what it feels like. Dolphins won three from three, mate. That's not the Dolphins. Yeah, no, but that's because they picked the right people. Right, all right, okay, right. Anyway, I think that'll about do us. We're going to go low cow dessert this week since it's a late recording again. You haven't said who's going to win this. How much are the Dolphins going to win by Harry? I think it's pretty obvious what I think. Um, yeah, okay, I'm going to go the Auckland Blues. I I don't know exactly by how many, to be honest. It's it's going 22. to be big, big margin. I think 22 would be a gift for the, for the Western Force. You said 32, did you? 32. Sorry? 32. Three, two. 32, all right. Yeah, okay, that's... That's getting closer to where I was thinking. I'm going to go 28. I might just go a little bit more positive than what you are. Um, it's it's, got a, it's not going to be good. I've got a brief dessert for you. So the, uh, you'll know about Australia's next top fly half. One of the what time is it? <laughs> Sorry, the 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 deserto. What's a god? What's a god do with that deserto? Right. Okay. Um, good. So you'll know about Australia's next top fly half. One of the best. Twitter accounts going around. Not sure who runs it, but it's very, very good. Mm. Um, so there's been a weekly vote on who the best 10 for Australia is each week. I thought I'd just give you a little update for that. Um, I just I, I, You're just going to spruik this guy's account for no reason. Yeah, okay, it's my account. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, previous round. So round one, we saw a tie with Liner on his debut, Deborah Sini on his Brumbies debut, Really good, concerning it's not one of the guys you'd expect for Australian 10s. Week two, we saw Tom Liner, the, the top performer, 
really concerning that it's a 19-year-old playing his second game of Super Rugby. Round three, we've got Carter Gordon winning it. Geez, he's been good. That's a very fair thing. But again, not a, a 10 that's got Wallaby's experience or any experience even in the squad. And so far this week, with 71 votes, we've got Carter Gordon on 75%. We don't have James O'Connors. We don't have Ben Donaldson. We don't have Tane Edmonds. You know, we don't have these experienced guys standing out as our best 10s. It is concerning for me moving forward. We had James O'Connor look good off the bench for one week, but this week he's had 10%, seven votes. You know, I... I think that's harsh, though. I think he looked pretty good. I don't think he looked that good this week. I think he looked really good last week. Yeah, um... I know what you mean. Look, off the bench, he looked sharper, but I thought he controlled the game quite well, which is the big thing for him. And, you know, he had an experience and a pairing outside of him. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll wait and see. But Carter Gordon, we talked about earlier in the podcast, I think he's really putting his hand up for a World Cup squad. I think it, it's just hard when he's got no other players around him that are going to be in that World Cup squad to actually just drop him in there as a fly half and say, oh, you know, I know you're third tier down, but we just want you to learn how to play with other boys. So if we need to call up call you up against England in the quarterfinals, you can slot in and do a job. I just I just don't really see Eddie backing him to do that on short notice, but development player maybe, you know, start to start to get a feel for the squad. I think I think he's earning that right now. Right. Yeah. Look, I think if he if in that's the situation, he's pulling someone with experience. He's pulling in a Foley. He's pulling in someone that at least knows the guys as a facilitator around him. I don't think it's the the year for Gordon, but Gordon's putting his name out there as the starting 10 for next year for me, or a benching 10 at least, if Lollaseo keeps keeps some of his form. But uh, the reports are James O'Connor is looking to sign again for the Reds moving forward in the near future, and that he is quoted, he is happy to sit on the bench and help to develop liner moving forward, which I think is a, a really good thing. He's got a very solid mindset. He's a very experienced player. So to to be someone who's going to commit to the Reds moving forward, um, even at the age of thirty two, knowing he's probably not going to be a Lions or a you know home World Cup player, but finish his career, I think is, is a promising thing from him. Yeah, okay. without a doubt. I mean, the the attitude, if that's what he's saying, I, I love that stuff. Like that's that's amazing to hear. Eh? Um, we should touch before we finish on our Super Brew competition. I think there's about 60 participants just waiting to get their moment of glory. I'm going to put it out there. I climbed four whole spots on the weekend, so I'm really making a push now up to 48th out of 60 seconds. So I know I know what you're thinking. Impressive. But uh, I'm 48th out of 62 in our topping confidence. Top dipping confidence. I'm eighth out of eighth in fantasy footy. So it's not my year, but screw you. Um, Wakefield is in first place with 10.8 points. Harold Holt, oh, this is just the week, the best. No, he's you know, man, I, I think he's beating me for the season already with his 10.8 points. And Mitch, Mitch for the picking drive one. is the worst, the wooden spooner from the round as well. So, geez, you can't let him off the hook there. That is fantastic. One point for him. I don't know where he got it, but, um, geez, pick and drive, boys. I thought they knew what they were talking about, unlike us. We are, we are 24 matches in, right? And Harold Holt has 20 wins. So he's out in front with 28 points. Lolp, who I'm, it sounds like short for Lamarpe without an M. I don't know what Lolp is, but he is doing good with 26. He's coming in second. Cavino at 25. Mitch 
Maybe is it a Mitch that we know, Harry? I, I, there's no it place. Is. Yeah, that's Rev, mate. Mitch Evans, again, continues to show us that he actually knows what he's talking about, unlike us, in fourth place. He jumped 20 points on the weekend, mate. What upsets did he pick? He obviously backed the Crusaders. I'll give him that one. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. But, yeah, look, I'm I'm coming – I'm on 20 points. Yep, so I'm smashing you. So that's all that matters uh, above you in fantasy, above you in tipping. But, gee, someone's got to catch Harold Holt. He's doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that was us. I think if you made it this far, I think there's an obligation. You must give us five stars. Uh, share it. Do whatever else. You know, everyone everyone shares podcasts on their Facebook feeds, their Instagram stories, everything. So just keep doing that. That's where we want to be shared. So thank you, and see you next I week. We, I think we end on the quote from the one and only Penny Rabbi: "If you're tired, scrum first, then tired." <laughs> <laughs>